0: Welcome to the podcast. In this podcast episode, I talk with Henning Rodell and Tristan Maggianas about how robots are being integrated into the workforce. Kristen Magallanes and Henning Rodell, welcome to the conversation today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. It is a pleasure to be with you. Where are you both joining me from today?
1: So I am uh, located in Northern California in the East Bay Area.
0: And I'm also Northern California in in San Jose. Wonderful. And I am coming from uh, south of Salt Lake City in Utah. Great to be with you both. And today we're going to be talking about how robotics, robots are being integrated into the workforce. A super fun conversation. Of course, You know, There's lots of conversation around AI, deep machine learning, and how those sorts of automations are transforming the way we work. I think it's important to also remember there's lots of different forms of automation, and robotics and advanced robotics is one of those forms uh, that we need to continue to pay attention to. And in fact, there's probably some overlap between robotics and AI and some of those sorts of things, uh, which we'll explore together today. As we get started, I wanted to share... Uh, Henning and Tristan's bios with everybody, Dr. Henning Riddell, is the robotics lead at DPR Construction, helping to coordinate new technology experimentation and fostering an ever-forward culture. Tristan Magallanes is a passionate, creative, and organized construction industry professional with experience in research, ethnographic studies, and organizational culture. Now, I could say way more about both of you and your backgrounds, but I'll pause there. Anything else you would like to highlight from your own background and experience before we dive on into the broader conversation? I think the only thing I would add is that we're both very
2: uh, focused in our careers right now on the craft workforce in the industry, and we can we can talk about that a little bit later. Um, but that's, you know, I think both of our backgrounds lead us into that focus area. Tristan, anything you want to add?
1: No, I, I agree with Henning. Um, we're both very craft focused and, and my father's a carpenter, so I've grown up with mm-hmm. it my whole life and it informs our work. So I'm excited to talk about it more.
0: Why don't we start with just a high level kind of introduction to this idea of robotics and where it where things are at today, you know, maybe what the arc is over the last several decades and where we're at today in integration into the workforce. I think most people, you know, have a general sense of, yeah, there are, you know, you go to factories, there are robots, you, you, um, you know, there are different settings where people might have a mental image of robotics or there's been some sort of media portrayal. Maybe they went, they saw a movie, you know, um, that that portrays things <laughs> in a certain way, usually some sort of a post-apocalyptic kind of a way, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, give, give us a little bit of the arc of history around robotics in the workforce.
2: Sure. I'll, I'll start with that. And, you know, we're both construction industry professionals. So we're we're sort of late comers um, to the whole robotics game. This is a new territory for us. Um, But robotics automation has been happening since the 1970s and 80s and 90s. Um, And it's really taken off in manufacturing settings. Um, And what differentiates construction from the manufacturing industry is that in manufacturing, the work sort of stays in one location, right? The work zone. Mm -hmm. Um, And in construction, we go to the work, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and, And that's a major distinction. And I think one of the reasons, one of the main reasons why our industry is is late to the game because the technology wasn't available um, to bring robots and, and to give them the context of what they need to do next um, and where they need to do their work. Um, and so fast forward to the last decade or so um, where you have the advent of self-driving cars, battery technologies um, coming to the fray, um, and then a workforce shortage that has really sort mm-hmm. of opened up the um, potential for this and, and the need for something like robotics um, to come
0: mm-hmm. into play. So in the construction industry, what are some some examples of what we see in terms of robotics at play? You know, I, I was just watching a video the other day, you know, just kind of flipping, scrolling through my phone, and I was watching this cool video of, of like a, a 3D printer robot, you know, doing a house, which I thought was so cool, right? Um, it's cheaper, you know, faster, more durable, like all these positives, um, you know, of, of using that kind of an approach, at least as portrayed in this video. Um, you know, so in, you know, in my mind, that's one example, but like, what are some of the common examples um, of how robotics are being integrated in the construction industry?
1: Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of different types of applications. There's, you know, single um, task type applications, and then there's robots that they're trying to apply to, to multitasks. Um, some of the common ones that I've seen are um, layout and helping with layout applications like mm. um, Dusty, Robot. Um, then there's a couple others that are more safety related to overhead lifting, like the Hilti Jibot and Beta mm. um, Inclinata. And, and Henning can speak to more details on those. Um, but there's there's been a lot of those types of applications lately.
2: Yeah. So. Tristan, you know, is is one of the sort of spearheading um, researchers in this space. And uh, she's probably too humble to say it. But, you know, she's done a lot of work with uh, four-legged robots as well, working on job sites. Um, and, yeah, we're, we're exploring sort of safety and quality aspects. And they're really like every robot we've come across um, has made some sort of improvement there. Um, and we're exploring a lot from, you know, concrete 3D printing, um, which, in my mind is like a novel form of formwork um, that we can use in, in concrete con- construction. Um, there's rebar tying robots. There are placement robots. There are um, drilling both overhead and at the edge of slabs. Um, it's really the, there's a lot of white space in our industry and we're seeing sort of target approaches. We're also seeing a lot of robotics geared towards um like massive solar installations or grid scale solar installations. Mm. Um, Those are very remote job sites and um, a lot of
0: repetitive work, which is ideal for uh, robotic solutions. Yeah. And this, this idea of the remote locations is is interesting. You know that, like you said, in the traditional, traditional factory setting, we've been seeing robots, um, especially, you know, since the early seventies, you know, uh, repeat, Um, motion, I I forget what you just termed it, but basically the same task over and over and over again, Um, single kind of task robots. We've seen those for a long time, Um, but they're big expensive pieces of equipment. It's hard to move around and calibrate and all those sorts of things. And now we're talking about a construction industry where you're going on site, on location, every place is different. You have to transport, like all of that adds layers of complexity to how you're going to be utilizing this equipment um, thank you for some of those examples as well, because I think that's super helpful. As we have labor shortages, you know, this is one of the compelling reasons to utilize more and more uh, robotics and any form of automation. Frankly, um, how how has the construction industry, the, the 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 labor market, and the construction industry been affected in recent years due to things like the pandemic uh, and other? Ebb's and flows in in the economy. So I'll I'll take a start a, a stab at it. So you know we're we're in a
2: major generational shift, and that is impacting our workforce. I think that's probably one of the the biggest things. Um, and so we're having a supply and demand uh, challenge right now, where um, we have a, a massive amount of demand for new housing, for new facilities, mm-hmm. uh, and the like, and. The folks who have the experience that can build these buildings, they're retiring or they're aging out or they're injuring themselves out of the industry. Um, and every time we see an economic downturn or a major like global event like the pandemic, um, we just see people leaving the industry and not returning. Right? And we're, we're not getting this the new generations, the millennials, the Gen Zs uh, approaching the construction industry as we used to. Right. And there's myriad reasons for that. And I'm sure uh we could have an entire hour-long podcast dedicated to that. But th- the fact of the matter is we're we're just not getting um enough people to uh to work in, in our industry. And so the industry itself is is taking a bunch of approaches to try and address this from uh robotics and automation to more factory-like construction settings. We can call it prefab uh in the industry, but it's factory work nonetheless um yep. to you know diversity and equity inclusion um our industry has 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 uh let's say some history about it that uh we should we could work on and improve um and i look at folks and if they're looking at our industry and they see the people and how they're leaving uh, the industry at a, you know later stages in their careers um it's not a pretty picture for a lot of folks, right? You're you're working, it's laborious work. Um, It's long hours. It's not an enclosed environment. So you're subjected to high heats and cold temperatures um, in the summer and winter months. And um, it's just very hazardous work. And so, you know, there's, I would attribute a lot of that to um, problems we're facing in in our industry.
1: Yeah, I'll add on to that, that I, I see robotics as an opportunity to bring in different workforce. Um, You know, I I get on a little bit of a soapbox about this, but um, women have been largely underrepresented as have been differently able bodied folks. And I see that robotics can be the augmentation needed to help provide them the tools to come into this space in a more comfortable, equitable way. Um, And I see that there's a huge potential for that in our future to attract that workforce. Also generational differences um, robots can be kind of fun it's you know I, I operated this bot robot from Boston Dynamics myself and it's like playing a game so if I turned my construction project into a game and I've gamified it it then creates and attracts a different type of workforce that might not have previously been considered coming to this space so I, I think there's a lot of opportunity there that we have yet to really understand fully um, but I think it's, it's, a, it's a big road ahead of us and a big opportunity there
0: so back in my late teens, early twenties, I worked construction. Um, you know, it was kind of a means to an end for me. I I was earning money for college and, you know, it was like summer work. Um, but yeah, hot, dirty, dangerous, physically intensive, you know, and I was quite happy when I was done, (laughs) you know, I, I did it, I did it, uh, for a while and I, I, I worked in concrete and foundations and that's hard work. Um, and it's cool now to see how there are such advances, um, to, to make that work safer, to make it easier, to make it more attractive and just more efficient, um, all of those things. Uh, and so, you know, certainly, you know, I'm, I'm happy with my career and where I ended up going, but certainly had some of those things been in place, you know, it would have at least given me some pause back then to think, Oh, is this perhaps a career path that I hadn't, Pre, uh, previously considered maybe there's opportunities here uh, in ways that i hadn't previously thought about and so i think everything you're describing makes sense to me for younger workers um people who might get engaged in the industry in in ways that you know previous generations never had the chance to just because of the nature of the work has changed um, I think it's also important to to reflect on, you know, the scary word automation. You know, so many people get really nervous about, you know, automation, whether it's AI or robots or whatever, and they think, oh, that technology is going to steal my jobs. Uh, yeah, I mean, to to a certain extent, there can be some displacement of tasks um, and there, there are going to be certain things that automation can do. Um, especially those those repetitive things. Um, And so we're not going to need people to do all those repetitive things anymore. But generally speaking, we have a shortage. It's not like we have a surplus of people. Like we already have a shortage. So it's not like robots are going to be taking people's jobs. It's like it's filling in the gaps of where we don't have enough workers and they're doing a lot of the work that nobody else would want to do, frankly. Dangerous work, uh, uh, dirty, grimy work, uh, repetitive, mind-numbingly dull work—you know—all of those sorts of things. And so, you know, if we can have machines do that kind of work, so that it frees us up to do other types of things that are more innately human and creative, and leveraging our skills and developing new skills, then I—that just seems like a win-win for everybody. Uh, and it's not something we need to get so worried about, so scared about. Yeah. Oh man, I, I want to jump on that so bad. Sorry, Tristan. Yeah, yeah I love it. You
1: can jump on it. It's cool. I know we both get excited about
2: it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, you nailed it on the head, right, John? Like this is such an opportunity um, for us as in this industry, and we we look at these uh, new automations as tools, right? Like you think of the steam shovel. That's a, a famous um, story from the the beginning of the industrial age. Um, and, and we're at this this new level of automation, right? Where the tools can do a little bit more, right? We went from screwdrivers to rotary drills to battery operated drills. Well, now there's an arm and that can help you with measuring and, and getting the the holes in the right location, right? So it is, I see the progression there. Um, and yeah, we, we still need our people to be craftsmen, right? To solve yep. the problems that um, ultimately come up in construction problems every single day. I'd rather have... Um, our people and our our, our folks, our, our labor force um, working on that and using their minds rather than the dull, dirty, dangerous work uh, that you mentioned. All right.
1: I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I also consider crafts folks, um, they have an incredible amount of skill and I, I don't envision robots ever replacing that. Um, there are certain you know i think of like the woodworker and their fine detail and yeah there might be some application of a robot that can do that but they're always going to need the human input involved in order to inform that process that's i don't envision that ever going away fully um and and i look at robots as uh, even automation it's it's just another tool it's a different tool we went from a rock to a hammer to a you know drill like things over time have changed and with it, little bits of automation have come with it. And this is just another another evolution of that. Um, however, I understand the fear, right? Yeah. The value is placed on, I can provide this skill and this ability. So this is my value in the workplace. And you're saying a robot's gonna do that. So if folks can perhaps think differently about it in that now I'm, my job is just going to change a little bit. My value is going to be helping these robots learn this task and operating them to perform, you know, five things at once, whereas I could only do one previously as a person. Um, That mind shift will take a while, but I think it's possible.
0: Yeah, I think so too. It's always happened. Like we're in industry 4.0, people say, or even 5.0 now, we're in the knowledge economy. But you go back to the early stages of the Industrial Revolution, or even to prehistoric man, you know, in the development over time, like it's always happened. Like we've always developed new tools. We've always displaced certain things or done things more effectively and efficiently. Um, and, and we've always adapted. Uh, and, and what always happens is that as new tools come online and we learn how to utilize them, that it ends up opening up entire new pathways for jobs, careers, things that had never even been considered before. Uh, and so I, I, I fully anticipate that that will be the case. Like we'll just continue to see um, new opportunities arise that, you know, 10 years ago, nobody had ever even conceived of. Uh, and that's exciting to me um, to, to, to think about that. Um, now we also need to think about proper application of, you know, robotics. And I, I was wondering if you have any thoughts around, you know, the selective um, application of, of robots in the workforce, you know, you you can get to as I referred to jokingly earlier, you know, like this po- post apocalyptic kind of world scenario and in, in the portrayed in the media. I just saw the other day. I saw that new movie, The Creator, you know, which has these robot AI uh, driven robots, and it's kind of an interesting movie. It's a it's a common theme though that you see in a lot of these types of movies, you know, where humans basically, ha- you know, aren't thoughtful about the application of these technologies and it ends up causing problems. Um, what are some of those guideposts that you have in mind as you're thinking of in this space around the selective application of robotics and construction in particular, but really generally too.
2: First and foremost, and especially when I talk to any sort of startup or, or tool manufacturer um, is we want to see improvements to safety and quality in our projects. Right. Um, and that's, that's the, the minimum bar there. Um, and it can be in, in many different ways. We, we are a very hazardous industry and, um, and like I said, there's a lot of white space there. So uh, you know, I'm reminded of a quote from a professor from Stanford, uh, Dr. Martin Fisher. Um, he runs a construction robotics course. They do you know, decision analysis on new robotics and which one should be applied. So very applicable to this question. And you know, of the 30 or so case studies they've done over the years, uh, there hasn't been a single robot that didn't improve safety or quality, right? Every mm-hmm. single one of them improved it. Um, that's exciting for us. It, it, you know, um, it doesn't give us a lot of selection criteria in that regard. Um, so other ways in which we look at it is we look at how, um, it impacts our direct workforce DPR construction. We're self-performing general contractors. So not only do we uh, manage the work, but we also perform it, right? Our colleagues are there swinging the hammers, um, running the screw guns, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so we're looking for tools that help them and we can have that direct interaction um, of, you know, what ails you, what are the safety concerns um, and target machines and tools that do that. So we don't necessarily apply every single one of those uh, robots that Stanford has studied
0: to our business. I, I know at the time we're going to be wrapping things up here in the next few minutes, but as we get closer to to finishing the conversation today, are there any other areas that you think are really worth exploring briefly and anything that you think is really important to the conversation tristan
1: yeah i I think the other piece of this puzzle is is training training Mm. the workforce and how do we approach that um how do we leverage um the union partners and union areas to do that as well that's a big topic of conversation right now um and i don't i don't it by any means it's not solved but um yeah you know, I think having that discussion when you're developing an application early on of what that might look like in the future is really important. Um, And it's probably going to look differently depending on the application. Um, But it's really, it's another piece of the puzzle that we need to also solve along the way.
2: Yeah. So I'll bring up sort of two parts, um, or two different topics. So I'm really trying not to say construction in outer space. Um, and that's what's <laughs> I'm holding it back. I'm holding it back. Jonathan. <laughs> um, no. So the other one, Oh, here it is. You know, this, the movies that you're referencing and, and the advent of humanoid robotics, um, you know, I saw the video that Tesla released at the beginning of the year, and they had five, you know, of those humanoids walking towards the camera, and it it actually gave me a, a chill to my bone. Um, and you know, it was almost like the Hollywood um, description of robotics mm-hmm. playing out mm-hmm. in real life. But the other thing I saw in that video was um, some people actually going in and directing the robots and training them with you know, physically doing the work themselves. And I recognize the value of having a humanoid robot in that regard, which is, it, it's intuitive for us to train these robots because we can just do the motions or do the activities um, that we would do, right? Walking robots and the, the, the level of sophistication and algorithms that you need to make this successful, you wouldn't want to start with a humanoid. Um, but from a training perspective and a learning perspective, I think we'll have some really intuitive interfaces um, that are worth exploring right um, and that's that's going to be a really interesting thing playing out um, here in the future and then the second thing i wanted to mention is just who we are as dpr um as a construction company you know we're we're sort of building we're, we're the sixth largest general contractor in the us um and we do about uh, eight to nine billion dollars of work a year and our role in in society is to help build the innovation economy, right? Provide the infrastructure for the innovation economy. Um, and so we're, we're helping build the data centers that are going to run the AI algorithms that support the robotics that will help our job sites. And it's, it's really interesting to, to see that, um, play out. We're also working in the life sciences field and advanced manufacturing uh, field. And so this is something that is near and dear, um, to our core business. And it's something I think we're going to continue to see investments in. Um, and we hope that it will play out um, and and help solve both the productivity issues that we have in construction, um, as well as, you know, address the labor shortage. And how do we, yeah. how do we as an industry provide the housing and roads and buildings for
0: us to live and work in? Yeah, yeah, well said. Well, Henning, Tristan, this has just been a really great conversation. I know at the time I need to let you go, but before we wrap things up for today, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience how they can connect with you, find out more about your work and your team, and then give us the final word on the topic for today.
1: Um, So you can reach me on LinkedIn um, if you just do a quick search for my name. Um, And you can also learn more about uh, some of our work through uh, going to our website at dpr.com. We have a blog on there and you can learn more about some of our work. And um, my final thought is we do want to build on the moon. So let's build here first to get there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And Henning Rodell, I think I'm the only Henning Rodell in the world. Um, So you just have to Google that name (laughs) and you'll find me. Um, And yeah, reiterating what Tristan said, I'm sure we could have another podcast on on what it takes to build on the moon and, and what
0: technologies are necessary for it. But robotics will be one of them. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you both. It's been a real pleasure. I encourage the audience to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Henning and Tristan can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the podcast. We hope you stay healthy and safe, and please join us again soon.